Hey, you're listening to Wrestling Podcast Fix, new weekly episodes of Inziguri on iTunes and SoundCloud.com. Yay! Yo, what's going on? Hey, what's going on? Not much. This is Fran. This is D.B. Richards. And with us. And we have on the phone... Bay Ragney, a.k.a. Easy Rider, and Chubby Dudley. What's going on, man? Not much, guys. How you doing? Oh, we're doing good. Glad you could join us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. So, um, I was looking up some research, um... You got trained by a guy named Larry Winters? Absolutely. The, the legend, Larry Winters, um, which actually I, was it, uh, it was past weekend. I think it was Saturday. Saturday was uh, the four-year anniversary of his passing. He uh, he died suddenly of a, of a heart attack four years ago. Really sad. But, um, yeah, Larry is the guy that uh, my original trainer, Larry Winters and Ron Shaw, actually, were my uh, original trainers at the old TWA Tri-State Wrestling Alliance Wrestling School based out of uh, Northeast Philly at the time. Oh, that was, um, like, I, I recognize the second person's name. Like, um, when did you, uh, like, you, had, you had a question to ask. Oh. No, I thought you were going to ask. No, you were. Okay. So, um, um, Sorry for your condolence to Larry and all four years sucks, but you started in 1990. Yeah, September of 1990 is when I started uh, training at the at the wrestling uh, Tri-State Wrestling School. And and you had said, you mentioned a uh, friend. You said you you recognized Ron Schultz's name. Yeah. Ron Schultz did a lot of uh, old W at the time was WWF uh, work. You saw you saw him usually a lot like on a. Saturday morning TV doing the jobs for a lot of the big name guys. Yeah, I mean, I won't be able to like actually picture him, but the name rings a bell. Okay, um, so so you debuted the next year, correct? I debuted in '92. I actually, um, as I was training, I was scheduled to debut, and then I broke my ankle in training. Which kept me out for about six months, and then I came back and training all over again for a few months and getting ready. And I was set to debut in February. I think it was February of '92. Okay. And um, that's when Tri-State Wrestling Alliance uh, closed its doors uh, a few weeks before that. So my debut got uh, got put on hold, and that's when um, that's when ECW started. Um, a few months later, uh, Todd Gordon, along with people like uh, Bob Alex Ortiz, who were, uh, they, I mean, they were the backers of the old Tri-State Wrestling Alliance, the three of them. Um, they, uh, they put together uh, ECW, which at the time was Eastern Championship Wrestling. And um, I got a tryout like that, it was that summer. Uh, I, I was originally uh, the Easy Riders, one half of the tag team, the Hell Riders. And we did a tryout match actually against um, Stevie Richards. And there was a guy under a mask who went by at the time, the Delaware Destroyer. And um, from there, we got uh, we got started booked on uh, you know, regular shows with ECW. Well, um, 
So I looked at it. You were with ECW, Eastern and Extreme twice. Why did you leave so early in each time? Uh, the first time was, uh, you know, we were with uh, ECW 92 to 92, 93. And um, that's when they got TV. They were on um, Sports Channel based out of Philly. Uh, we did the first couple sets of TV tapings, and that's when uh, Todd brought in Eddie Gilbert to do uh, the booking, which uh, I'll, I'll never forget the story uh, when he first hired Eddie. Like I said, helped uh, Todd behind the scenes doing a lot of uh, like professional work, uh, leg work for him, um, going around and, you know, like uh, Cabrini College was the first spot for TV tapings. And I used to go out there, meet uh, a friend of mine, Frank, who went by Frank Cody, um, who did some work with ECW, too, in the early days. Um, we would go out and, like, do the promotions of the shows with flyers and posters and, you know, meet and greets, shaking hands, you know, tell everybody about the show in the town or whatever. And um, we stopped in his Todd's office one day to pick up uh, flyers and posters, head out to Cabrini, and he told us about um, hiring Eddie Gilbert. And I was... Always a huge Eddie Gilbert mark. Uh, he was a big influence on me. And um, so I was stoked. I was super excited. You know, Eddie was coming in. And um, he came in. And, you know, he, he slowly phased out a lot of the uh, the local Philly guys and brought in a lot of the um, Memphis guys. Okay. So we were, uh, we were on the first, set of, first two sets of TV tapings. And going into those TV tapings, we were like feuding with the, the Super Destroyers for the belts, like on every show. And we were number one contenders and all that, and Eddie came in and just totally squashed us. Wow. And, um, yeah, so that was, uh, that's what happened with that. We just got pushed to the wayside and, you know, just got pushed out. Gosh, um, that would totally suck, um, being so high and being number one contenders and just gets pushed out by somebody that you enjoyed watching years. You know, it, it real like I, I was very angry and bitter at the time, but I, I mean, also to tell you, like I was still green to the business. I was twenty three years old, and at that point, I was like, well, you know what? Like, if we can't, um, if we can't work for ECW, we're going to compete with ECW then. We're going to start our promotion. Right. And uh, I gathered uh, a lot of the Philly guys um, for a meeting at my house. And we all sit down and, you know, I talk to everybody, so this is my plan, this is what I want to do, does anybody want to be partners with me? And um, the ones who became my partners was the guy, Frank Cody, who I mentioned, mm -hmm. um, and uh, a friend of Frank's, um, which we made a, a manager, Lucky Larry. We were uh, the first three partners, and we started um, Liberty All-Star Wrestling. Uh, I from 94 up through like 2002 and uh, actually Frank Kennedy actually being Frank Zamoli he just restarted Liberty like two years ago um, and he's got me doing commentating on the shows I did my first uh, commentary on his last show in October he's got uh, he's got three shows coming up over the next few months in the uh, like Delaware County area Delaware County uh, out in uh, Parksburg um, so yeah yeah, I saw that's March twenty third. Yeah, like when Dave and I were when Dave and I were talking about it earlier when um just trying to go over um looking stuff up about you, 
one of the things was that you were still involved, like with the commentating, like you were just saying. So, because um, when um with with these was ECW always? I mean, when they first started up, was was this like an affiliation with the NWA at the time? When initially started as Eastern Championship Wrestling, no. Oh, so th- so that just came, that came into place like later on. Yeah, yeah, that was um, basically what you saw on TV. Like um, Dennis Carluzzo, who was the promoter of New Jersey, um, who actually I became very, very close friends with over the years. And Sally East, another one passed away. I think it's like 15, 17 years now. Um, but Dennis was running NWA New Jersey, and he was um, like really kind of like enemies with uh, the old. Tried Wrestling Alliance promoter Joe Goodhart. It was like this little mini war going on between the Philly scene and the Jersey scene. And they, uh, I mean, they decided they were going to, you know, unite ECW with NWA. And they they had the plan all along. They were screw Dennis. I mean, what you saw, you know, what they showed on TV and what you see in videos or probably on YouTube now, I mean, that was a total shoot. They, they, Totally screwed Dennis, and yeah. Dennis was really so angry and bitter, and wanted revenge for that for years. He would never let that go. Gosh, oh, that's pretty understandable. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they completely, completely embarrassed. They they really pulled one over on. So years later, you come back to ECW. What got you to go back to ECW? So, and this is how this whole interview came about. You wanted to hear this story. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> so, um, so I had gone back to the Tri-State Wrestling uh, School and all. Um, I trained with Stevie Richards. Me and him, uh, we, we trained a lot together. And Richards, um, he got brought back in as the Stevie Richards gimmick with Raven. And he was doing that for months, and then they started the Dudley gimmick. And I popped up at the, uh, they used to hang at the Philly Marriott at the shows at the time. And I uh, I went down after uh, the shows one night to hang out and you know, party and hang out with the boys and all. And um, Richards was there, and he was like, dude, you know, you look like a uh, Dudley. Like, let's, let's introduce you to Paul and see what he says. <laughs> And I was like, okay, shit, sure, all right. And um, like, we're, so we were out in the lobby, bullshit. And uh, out comes Walker Paul. And Richard stops and says, Paul, uh, this is my buddy, Ben. And he took one look at me and says, word for word, oh my God, another fucking Dudley. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. And uh, Richard is like, yeah, he, he's a worker. Do you, you want to use him? And he says, do you have a tie-dye? I said, no, I said, actually, honestly, I hate tie-dye. Put it over. Go buy a tie-dye and beat the shows next weekend. I said, all right, I'll see you next weekend. And that's how I became Chubby Dudley. Oh, <laughs> and, and, and I said to him, I said, how about, uh, how about Spudley Dudley? And he just looked at me like, get the fuck out of here. I said, all right, how about Chubby? I'm like, how about Chubby Dudley? He's like, perfect. He's like, bring food. I'm like, okay. <laughs> that is great. So that's, that's how it was literally a five minute conversation in the lobby of the Philly Marriott. So that is, that is awesome. That is awesome. What um that that whole thing didn't last long either. 
What happened there? So that was maybe mid-95 I started with them. I don't even know the exact date. And I was there for just over a year. Yeah. And what happened was, you know, I was was a worker. I was used to getting in the ring and wrestling. Yeah. And they, like, would never give me the chance. Like, at the time they had Dudley Dudley, who was the main worker, and... Dances with Dudley. Me and Dances both started the same night, and they had known him from the New York area. Okay. So those two were like the main workers at that point. And then eventually, like a month or so later, Bubba came in, and then a few months later, Devon came in, and they had the whole plan already, like in their head, what they planned to do with the Dudleys. And Dudley Dudley had left because he got pissed because he started getting pushed aside, and then eventually. Dances left because he got pushed aside. They weren't letting him work anymore. And they weren't letting me work. And then came Will Spike. And, you know, a month later, I'm like, what the hell am I doing here? Like, you know, I, yeah. it got to the point I was really unhappy and disgruntled. I, I mean, it was fun. And, you know, my name is gone. We'll, we'll always go down to wrestling history with the Dullies. And I'm completely freaking honored by that. But, um, I, you know, at the time, I was just kind of disgusted and bitter because I wanted a shot to work, and I was just never truly given a shot. Like, they put me in a couple opening matches here and there where people didn't show, and they were like, here, team up with this person, and then they would send Sandman out, and Sandman would come in, and he, he would tell me in the back. He's like, look, he's like, just take one whack of the cane and get the fuck out of there. He's like, I'm going to beat the shit out of the rest of them. Said, All right. <laughs> I think that's and I, yeah. I, so that's what I would do, you know. But, but I was never truly given a fair shot, and I, I saw the writing on the wall. I they would never get that shot, yeah. and you know they were going to push Bub and Devon, and and I've said this many times in other interviews too, where Bub and Devon came in and they were Will Green, but they definitely had you know better, yeah. um, you know, better opportunity to go with those two over me because I felt work rate was much better and they proved it over the years by their you know dedication and work rate and what they did in the wrestling business I you know I you know, I had no uh, you know 20 what is it 23 24 years later I harbor no bad feelings towards any of them I love them all I'm super stoked for what they accomplished in the business um. I had I had a question. Uh, I haven't seen too many shoot interviews with him in it, and much of anything. But I, I always wanted to know what what uh, what Big Dick was like, like in real life, because I've never uh, seen you know, shoot interviews was, or anything about him. And he just I don't know. I just always want to know what he was like. Hey, he was actually a really really nice guy. Intimidating as all hell. I mean, you, you would be like you know. If, I know a lot of the fans would like walk around the hotel and stay away from him and like get the part like afterwards. But I'll go back to, um, at that t- that point, it was like the Travel Lodge was our party spot. And uh, after the shows, we would go back to the Travel Lodge. And early on, yeah, I'm not afraid there was one night early on, um, within the first, like, probably maybe month I was there, um, he was really drunk one night. And at that time, it was the really big thing where um, we were supposed to be really scared of Big Dick. And he just walked around the hotel drunk like pushing us around and, you know, he, he would get up in our face and do the growl 
And meanwhile, he's like, work to get a brother, work to get a guy. He was just putting his shit face drunk, which was so funny. But he was always a super nice guy. And he seemed like a, a dude with a real big heart. And, like, he generally cared about you. Like, I mean, he would, he would honestly, he was truly like the big brother of the family. I mean, he would sit and talk with you. And just an all-around good dude, man. So getting, um, thank you. Uh, so getting back to like one of the things that you were mentioning about at, at the time when the Dudley's gimmick came around and you were just trying to look for an opportunity to actually get some work in. And, um, I remember going back, uh, listening to the interview that you had with Sosha, it's on YouTube where he was talking, where you were talking about that, like when you left and you briefly were still using the gimmick that. Taz contacted you saying like, you know, I mean, I, I'm sure you already know what I'm talking about, but, uh, but the whole thing was, was that you said that like, yeah, you, I basically did whatever you guys asked me to do and like, you know, just looking for an opportunity and, um, was there any more details or was it basically anything that, uh, we could talk about was already said? Yeah. I mean, uh, what happened was when I left, you know, naturally, people started calling me to work as Chubby Dudley. And um, so I started taking bookings, <laughs> you know, and I worked a couple shows as Chubby Dudley. And my day job at the time was I was delivering pizzas. And, I, you know, so the phone rings one day and I pick up the phone and I answer and it was, uh, I, I'm originally from Upper Darby, Pennsylvania, and this was a pizza spot in Upper Darby. And the dude goes, um, I go, hey, this is a DNC. How can I help you? And the guy goes, uh, Bay. I'm like, yeah. He's like, Taz. I'm like, oh, what's coming on, man? How you been? And he just like, he's like, dude, stop using our gimmick. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, that is our gimmick. You can't use our gimmick anywhere else. I'm like, but actually, it's my gimmick. I, I said, I'm, you know. I'm chubby dubby. I'm like, you guys don't like own it. You don't have a patent on it. He's like, it's our gimmick. We're using it. And you're, if, you, if I find out you're going to keep using it, I'm going to come find you and I'm going to stretch you. And I'm uh. just like, think to myself, is this really happening? Like, <laughs> I, 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 like I was like, I was completely shocked. And, and I was like, dude, like, all I wanted was a chance. Like, all yeah. I wanted was a fair chance. You guys never gave me a fair chance. I came out there week after week, and I took a freaking beating. I had multiple concussions, busted nose. Like, you know, you would super bomb me through a table. You would, you know, beat the shit out of me with chairs. Like, whenever I would do anything for you guys, all I asked for was a chance, and, and I just never got it. I, I, so I thought it was time for me to move on. Yeah. He's like, well, you can move on. He's like, but can't use a double gimmick. You got you got to use your old gimmick or, or something else. I'm like, all right, whatever. Like, did I'm you, cool with that. Did, I, mean, I, I don't want to call it that. Did you and Taz ever actually talk after that, or was that it? I have not talked to Taz since that time. It was like, okay, this is the last, this this is all that needs to be said. So, um, what was the gimmick that you used? I, or... I've, talked to Dream, I've talked to Dreamer. Like, I've run into Dreamer many times over the last, especially like the last five years. We've never really, like, talked in depth. Like, it's not a small talk. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, every time he sees me, he's like, Chubby, what's going on? Comes over, gives me a big hug. Yeah, I, but I've not seen Taz since then, and that was uh, 1996, 97. That happened. 
man, it's 22, 23, man, it's a long time. Yeah. What, um... I was thinking of that the other day, because I, uh, I do a podcast, too, and I'm like, I should try getting Taz on my show, <laughs> just so I can ask him if he remembers doing that. <laughs> oh, dude! Oh my gosh, that would be awesome. We, we would totally have to listen to that one. So we're t- talking about your podcast. What's your podcast called? It's called uh, Totally Driven Radio. And uh, what, what happened was, like, cause I started doing this uh, like seven years now, almost seven years. Um, uh, I was doing doing just some lo- local indie spots. Uh, it was like 10 years ago, and uh, a guy was at one of the shows I was working, and he was filming interviews, and he did an interview with me, and we hit it off, and, uh, you know, he, he hit me up on social media and was like, you know, I, I really appreciate talking to you. you think you could give me a hand in helping me grow this thing I'm trying to do, which is it's called Completely Damaged. And uh, I was like, yeah, like... Sure, why not? And we just started talking more and more, and we started working on the whole completely damaged thing, and we started doing like conventions and and all the and all these things that I was helping them with, and, I, and we were doing it for about a year and a half together, and we, we just had a falling out because he just wanted to stick with the world of wrestling, and I wanted to you know go into other worlds of entertainment like music and TV and movies, et cetera, et cetera, and sports. Yeah, and he would just be very close-minded to it, and I was like, "I, well, I, I guess we're going to part ways." So we parted ways, and I started my own thing, uh, and I call it Totally Driven. And a few months after I started Totally Driven with just a website, I started doing Totally Driven Radio, and we just did our um, we do a live show every Thursday night. We just did our three uh, hundredth live episode nice, uh, nice. two months ago. Um, I do a pre-taped music show as well, called TDR Rocks, which I've done almost 150 episodes of that. Um, yeah, I, I actually won in 2017. It was, there's an online uh, thing called, uh, what's it called? The Philly A-List. Okay. And uh, I won uh, Best Radio Personality in Philadelphia for 2017. So. Oh, that's awesome. Funny. Congrats on that. So she's got some competition. Yeah, so she's got some competition. <laughs> Oh, really? That, that makes it even better. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my yeah, gosh. I, got, I, I ran into him, and he was doing an appearance at a, a Stanley's Tavern, like, right after I got the award. And I went down and got a picture of me holding the award with him. <laughs> just, just to break his balls. That's so oh, awesome. Oh, dude, that's awesome. And Brian's that kind of guy that would jump into that picture anyway. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, gosh. That was just such a good dude. I love that dude. <laughs> Same here. That's why we're fa- to me. He's family to me. You know what I mean? So, um, I, I somebody asked me to ask you this question. What was your favorite match you were in? Mm. Me wrestling or me uh, as a Dudley? Yeah, you sorry. as a wrestler uh, could or, be as a Dudley. Could be. It could be both. Yeah. Uh, I don't believe I'm going to say this person's name. Um, definitely my probably funnest match was a pinfall anywhere in the building I did with Rock and Rebel um, in 2001 I think it was and I worked as Chubby Dudley okay. uh, it was for Liberty All Star Wrestling um, 
as as uh, in ECW, the favorite match would probably have to be it was Bubba and Devon against, or no, it was Bubba and Big Dick against Devon and Axel Rock. Okay. And and, and we got in a lot of trouble afterwards because they ended up going all over the arena, <laughs> and a lot of the boys were pissed because it was that was, in my opinion. The match that put the Dudleys over initially early on. Yeah. Because at that point, we were just, you know, sideshow, funny, goofy stuff, nothing really, you know, over the top. And that match, they went completely over the top, all over the arena. And a lot of the boys were pissed because we were like the first or second match on the show. And like everybody was like, what the fuck? Like now we got to really. To step everything off now. So, so were so were they pissed off because of the thought that they were going into business for themselves, or is the fact that it's like, man, yeah. we got it, we got to show them, yeah. like you know, no, yeah, because they, they felt like we kind of went into business for ourselves. Wow, I think I remember that match because they were an early on Axel and Devon over tag team a couple times. Yeah, they yeah. a couple times. I remember that. What was it? WGTW forty eight was it the channel? I think. Oh my gosh, I can't remember. I remember it was it was forty eight, <laughs> and it, it came on at like one o'clock in the morning or something like that. And yeah, it was it was the most insane thing. I, the ECW was so crazy. One the first time I found it, it was like one o'clock in the morning. I was watching TV. And I turned it on, and at first I was like, "Is this real fighting? What is this?" <laughs> because when I turned it on, it was like Raven and Dreamer, and Raven had so much blood on his face that you couldn't even see his face. And I was just like, okay, wait a minute, is this real? Like, is this wrestling or is this like, is this MMA? Like, I couldn't figure it out right away. And then like, it was, yeah, and then it was like every Saturday night, I was just watching. And then I remember that match. It was Axel and Devon. Yeah, I remember that. Oh, you know what? That was awesome. This this is actually uh, going going backwards and not trying to ask too many Dudley questions, but. Um, yeah, was was uh, was Dudleyville actually based on an actual town or was that just a name? Oh, it's just a name. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You ever saw the movie Slapshot? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that one. I remember that um that whole thing about the Slapshots. They were the Hanson brothers, right? Yeah. Yeah. See, see, I had to go like go back in my memory of my movie knowledge. That was an original gimmick. I was I was a I was a Dudley Mark in the mid nineties, like Spike. Big Dick, Devon, Bubba, you, dances like sign guy, I, I, sign guy. I loved the freaking Dudley boy, and then and and then when uh, when Joel Rittner came in and he just he fit so perfectly because God he was just so annoying, <laughs> but he fit so perfectly with that whole thing. Like it was just the whole. It was, I, I was such a yeah. I haven't bought tie dye shirts. I never wore tie dye shirts in my life until like the mid nineties, yeah. and I bought one because the Dudleys wore them. I was such a Dudley Mark. It, it's funny. I actually uh. Well, and I'm done with you guys. I got to give a call to DW. I, I heard from them earlier today. Uh, I, I, I'm booked to do a wrestling convention in Rhode Island in June, and they asked me if I can get hold of DW and Sign Guy because they want to try to bring the three of us in. So, oh, that would be awesome. Sign Guy. I don't know if the deal ever got done, but I got to talk to uh, DW and. Oh gosh. See if he's interested. My, yeah, I for... talked, actually, I talked to him. I talked to him about three, four years ago. I haven't, you know, talked about his first time in 15 years. But yeah, I'm gonna talk to him later on the night. Would you ever do like icons in Philly and bring like 
dances you and sign guy in and do a um autograph session. Just get a table Absolutely. and just that'll be yeah, awesome. Yeah. I, I actually I did the very first icon show. Did you? I was there. I had a table. Yeah. Yeah, you should get all of them. I'll come over and get autographs. We need to get that set up. Yeah, well I have a friend that does that stuff too. I should try to get him to talk to you. Yeah, no, what's his name? Um Justin. Yeah. Vincinelli or Vincicelli or I can't pronounce his Yeah, he was the one that uh, had the Teddy Hart table. Yeah, we, we he brought in Teddy Hart a couple couple times. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll I'll yeah, send him a message to you. See if you can do that. I would I would love to. I would love to. I don't understand and I've had this discussion it's funny because a lot of the wrestling podcasts I've done over the I've I've only been trying to put the whole WWE thing out there more and more since last year because it all started with um, this guy that's bringing me in for this convention in Rhode Island. He reached out to me like a year ago. Um, he's trying to start a wrestling museum up in the Rhode Island area. Okay. And I thought he was just like, all right, uh, you know, he's probably just a, a mark. He's looking to get free, you know, memorabilia from the boys. And then I like I, I looked up all the stuff he had. I'm like, oh, man, this, this is real. Like, this, this is a real legit thing. <laughs> so um, I, I had a pair of original W laces that I used to wear. Okay. So I sent them to him. And um, so we made in contact and he asked me to do this convention um, in June. And, but so many like uh, people that I've been really trying to push the, the Chubby Dubby name back out there in the last year. Yeah. Every podcast I do, they ask me, why has nobody done a Dubby reunion? And I have no freaking idea. I, I, I think somebody really needs to step up and do it and, you know, bring all of us brothers back together somewhere because it hasn't been done. We All of us have not been together since 96. Yeah. Wow, that's... My gosh, I was in high school. I'm going to tweet that to Tommy. Why you want to tweet that? We, we, we need to try to help book this over. <laughs> I'm getting a hold of Tommy. is not too difficult. I mean, you can message him on Facebook and back to you, like... so... Um, I mean, because if you're going to have another reunion, I think House of Hardcore is where you should have it in Philly. It, it, I mean, it should be at, at, at like an icon. Like the icons, it would be perfect. It, it should yeah. be at a convention somewhere to have all of us together. It should be the ECW arena. That's Absolutely. What, I, that's why I, I would lose my shit to see all you guys together. I, I, I would, it might have to come down to what I got to do it myself and pull every, all of us together. Oh my gosh. Well, I, we will help you promote it. It, it, yeah, it would I mean, be a case of like whenever we go to the shows and Meanie's just hanging out. He's not even scheduled there. He'll just be there. Yeah. So. Meanie's uh, great. Meanie's probably the one that I've kept in touch with the most out of all the uh, out of the ECW boys. Meanie, um, Sign Guy. Yeah, I mean that's really about it. Yeah, I that that I think Meanie's the one that um, always like stays in touch with a lot of people. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's that kind of guy, I I'm think. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Such a good dude. Um, what, okay, I got a question. What do you think um, of today's wrestling, like the whole Joey Ryan to um, Dick Spots to um, <laughs> um, to the um, tampon spots to... Basically things that become like um, viral on social media. Correct. All right, uh, the tampon spot, I hate to admit it, but I loved it. <laughs> I really did. Because 
I, I thought it was so. I, people were, you know, actually they start sending that stuff to me. And they're like, what do you think? And I, they're like, yeah, it's disgusting. It's, you know, that was a shoot. I'm like, that was no way a shoot. Like, that that girl opened her mouth. That just took it to a whole nother level. And I just thought it was hysterical. Like, that was two people going above and beyond and, and getting millions of views in a world uh, that, you know, you need to go viral now. So there, there's that. Joey Ryan, which one's he? Is that the ball guy? The he, ball? He, he's the guy that has the uh, the penis suplex or whatever. That's just stupid. That's absolutely <laughs> stupid. We got we got another host that'll actually agree with that. Every single time he sees anything having to do with it, he's like, "Oh, give me a break!" <laughs> and now he pulls out he pulls out a lollipop and sticks um sticks it into um people's mouths, stuff like that. Now. Okay, so m- moving on from penises and all that stuff. Um, so the the current state of like independent wrestling and just like professional wrestling in general, like what what's your What's your opinion on it as opposed to how it was like 10, 20 years ago? Well, first off, let me let me start out this answer by saying I, honest to God, have really not watched wrestling since I truly left the business in 2002 because I, I just had to close myself off to it. Yeah. Because I get like freaking nutso like when I start watching it, like, I need to get involved. I, I need to be involved. I need to be part of it. And, uh, you know, I got health issues and I'm just nowhere near, uh, can ever think about stepping foot into a ring again. Um, so I really haven't watched much of it. Like I, I really don't like, I hear a lot of these names, um, on WWE or on the indie circuit. And I don't know who they are. I don't know what their work is like, but, it, the funny thing was, two weeks ago, I was flipping channels on a Saturday night, and uh, I was sitting there with my daughter, and my uh, my older daughter, actually, and I stopped on New Japan Pro Wrestling, and she got sucked into it, which made me get sucked into it, and she was asking all kinds of questions, and we sat and watched New Japan, and then WOW afterwards, and I was just like, I, I had the best time just watching as a fan with my daughter. It was like such a good time. Nice, but, nice. I mean, from what I what I see going on from friends in the business, people I know that are still out there, you know, working or whatever, and wrestling posts that I see getting posted. Um, the indie scene seems to be really thriving, um, which is awesome. I mean, you got a lot of really, I mean, you got uh, you know, Ring of Honor, which really has been. Uh, grown tremendously from, you know, the early 2000s to what it is now. I mean, it's a legitimate force, a uh, real uh, federation, not running out of a, you know, a rec center anymore. Um, and then you got, uh, you know, there's this uh, all elite wrestling, what, is that what it is? Yeah. Cody Rhodes and then guys. Yeah. I, I mean, they're changing the game completely. Um, it just seems like a really fun time for indie wrestling. But on the flip side, what I see as well is it's like a cookie cutter um, process now where 95% of the guys, they look exactly the same. 
They have the same builds, the same kind of types, um, you know, 50% wear kick pads, the other 50% don't. I, I mean, it's just a very like, cookie-cutter process they've gone through, it seems. They were, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, everybody looked different. Everybody had different looks to them, different, you know, clothes they would wear, gimmicks, uh, you know, where it was just plain, simple bobo trunks that people were wearing. Now it's just, know, it just seems very cookie-cutter to me right now. Do you ever watch Sakara? I, I remember seeing some Chikara stuff years ago when they first started, and I absolutely loved what they were doing. I thought it was so enjoyable. I always enjoyed that, you know, that Lucha Japan style, um, yeah. that, especially what Chikara does. I always loved that stuff. Because that's what you were saying about, like, different characters, and and they do that. You yeah, know I mean, the they big, have the, the gimmicks. The, the, well, I mean, Quackenbush is all about, like, the comic book style characters and like, yeah, that's one of the things stuff. he likes to incorporate with the with the company so <clears throat> but also too like i look at that and it's more i don't know it's weird it's kind of like um you know like comic booky you know i mean it's not it's uh it's, it's just fun i i don't you know it, I, I don't want to say it's not pro wrestling but it's like a different style. You know what I mean? It's more of a yeah. putting game style. I agree with you on It's that. the kind of style that Jim Cornette would not like. <laughs> yeah, and Jim Cornette, I, Jim Cornette is my all-time favorite manager. The Midnight Express is my all-time favorite tag team. And, old, like, I grew up watching old NWA, world-class wrestling. Um, UWF was my all-time favorite. Those were my, the things that I uh, grew up, uh, world-class wrestling, that I grew up watching, you know, on the weekends, like late at night, and that truly made me a wrestler fan. Like, oh my God, like this is, this is wrestling. Like the angles and, and everything else was just so much better than what was going on in WWF at the time. And um, that's what made me a wrestling fan, was that stuff. And then, you know, years later, when Cornette was running Smoking Out Wrestling, I... I watched, I, I still have somewhere, like, every single TV episode on VHS. I, I used to buy that from tape viewers. Oh, gosh. I out in TV shows. I, I used to love that stuff. I met I met Jim Cornette at um, ha, um, Ring Honor, and the first thing we talked about was if he's going to get a fridge or a couch. <laughs> that was our question. And we didn't talk about wrestling. We just talked about if he's going to get a fridge or a couch. And that was the best moment I ever had with him. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. I used to watch his, his uh, suit takes that he would do, and I was just sitting in awe because the stories he would tell. And um, It's funny. I actually ran into Cornette uh, at a comic convention in Philly. In September? September, October. Okay. Stone Comic Con. And... Uh, I took my daughters and we went on Sunday morning and it was dead. He was sitting there at his table. So uh, I went over and said hi. And the last time I saw him, I told him the story. I said, Jim, I said, uh, you probably don't remember me. I said, but the last time I saw you, I said, I used to help uh, Dennis Carluzzo. I used to help on his dressing room, help with booking and stuff like that. Um, I said, it was the second Eddie Gilmore Memorial show. I, and uh, Buddy Landell was on the show. And... But he was, you know, partying, doing pills, or whatever the hell he was doing, and he was passed out on the floor in the dressing room. 
and you were standing over top of him, smacking him in the face, hollering at him, buddy, don't you die on me, buddy, and he would smack him. Come on, buddy, wake up. Don't you die on me. And I, and I told him that. He just started laughing. He's like, I remember that. He's like, poor buddy. And yeah, poor buddy. Buddy was another one. Buddy was one of my idols as well, one of my big influences. And when I was in Tri-State Wrestling Alliance, yeah, I was uh, having some problems, learning some moves and stuff. And uh, Joel Goodhart, the promoter, told me, he said, come up to the ring on uh, Friday afternoon. I got a surprise for you. I'm like, all right. So I go up there, and uh, me and my sister went up there. Okay. So uh, we go, and uh, in comes walking Goodhart with Paul Warndorf. I'm like, oh, shit. So he goes, get in the ring, and, uh, you know, lock up, do a couple... Um, you know, chain wrestling, and Orndorff goes hip toss me, and I hit the bump, and I'm down, and I'm looking up at him, he goes, you know what your problem is? You're too goddamn fat. Lose weight. And he got out of the ring. I was like, holy shit. That was <laughs> fucked up. And uh, so I, I stand up, and Buddy Landell had walked in in the meantime, and Buddy hops up, and he gets in the ring, and Buddy fucking works with me. I mean, works with me, and fucking bumping for me, and you know, work a little quick with match and all. And Buddy pulled me aside. He's like, brother, fuck him. He's like, you can fucking work in this business. You can do something. He's like, trust me. He's like, you just stick with it. Don't fucking listen to him. I got it. And we were being friends for years. Uh, you know, we, we would talk on and off on the phone for years. Uh, I brought him in uh, to work one of my shows uh, back in 2001. He spent the weekend at my house. That was a horror story. Um, you know, it, it fucking really bounced me out. He's gone. It, it's funny. I was just going through like uh, my phone or something the other day, and I saw his number. I'm like, oh my god! Like, you know, I, I told me yeah. to even like delete it on my phone. Oh, it's it's kind of hard. I I have I still we have a mutual friends. Mo, um, she drove yeah. a bunch of ECW people. I still have her number in my phone. So I don't know if to delete her or not, you know what I mean? But she passed away. Yeah, it's, kind of, yeah, it's the same like Facebook. Like you have like these people like Mo and stuff like that. They pass away. It's like, oh my God, like sad. Yeah. It really is. So it's a reminder though. It's a reminder of the, yeah, the friends you had. Yeah, she told me a bunch of stories, you know what I mean? Because like she was good friends with um, Too Cold and um, Terry. Terry's her favorite. She called him dad. But, yeah. And Farouk. Farouk. Yeah, Farouk's an old one. Yeah, Ryan Simmons, yeah. Yeah, that, I met him. Mine's always around. I met Ron, and I... And dude remembers your name. Like, dude, I was going for, like, three minutes. Like, not more than three minutes. Like, three hours, I came back around. Because I was like... I went after Paul Orndorff's autograph. And, um... And Paul's like, what's your name? And Ron goes, it's Dave. And I'm like, holy crap, I remembered my name. That was like three hours ago. <laughs> so that's a guy you don't want to piss off. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to piss off Ron. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Well, I was like, um, uh, going back to Ring of Honor, Murphy Rex. Uh, you know, it's like 2001, 2002. One of our first shows, um, Eddie, Gilbert, or Eddie uh, Guerrero was on the show. And I was there, and... I went in the dressing room talking to some of the boys and Eddie comes over and he's looking at me. He's like, I know you. I'm like, 
chubby dumbly. He was like, oh my God, he gave me the biggest hug. <laughs> and every time I went to Ring of Honor after that, he would always come up to me. So, so respectful, chubby dumbly buddy, brother, how you doing? <laughs> Give me a hug. I mean, uh, another one, another one gone that just, I'll never forget this, man. Just really, um, really sad. Good people gone. It's just, Sucks. We okay. never, we never got into like doing the wrestling stuff, but we loved the business so much as fans. And thank you very much for what you did for us. You know what I mean? Really? Yeah, I, mean, well, I didn't do much, but <laughs> no, just thank you. You you did you did you did like stuff that my mom died of cancer. I watched wrestling constantly, so you helped. You know what I mean? So you kept me out of out of like doing drugs and stuff like that. So. Thank you. This is my fix. Pro wrestling. Pro wrestling was my <laughs> fix. So, uh, <laughs> but um, out of all the wrestlers you met, what was the best um thing they taught you to do in the ring? Um, or maybe not even in the ring, ring but just but just something that you still use today. Keep inside you, yeah. like, You know, outside of the ring. So. You know what? I'll I can tell you. I was in wrestling school, and it was very early, you know, probably in 1990. Um, well, it was every Monday, Goodhart used to make it mandatory for all the boys to show up and get ring time in. Um, and it was after a weekend show, and it was right when Goodhart, I think, put the belts on the Blackhearts. And I just initially, like, I hadn't even seen them work. I just didn't like the way they looked with the full mask where you couldn't see their face. Like, I just didn't get it. Like, I was just green to the business. And I, I said out loud, oh, they suck. And Johnny Hotbody got up in my face with his finger in my face, hollering at me. How dare you say they suck? Who are you to say they suck? Have you even had a match yet? What gives you the right to say anybody sucks? That is no way to get anywhere in this business. You don't even have the respect of anybody in life, to let alone in the business, say somebody sucks. And that, I never said anybody in the business sucks after that. I, and actually probably in life, unless I really have a distaste for the person, which is not many people. Um, because that is just a valuable lesson that I was taught in life. Like, I was a 20-year-old punk kid that didn't know respect, and Johnny Hotbody taught me respect in and out of the ring that night. Nice. That, that, phew, that, that would, like, got me straightened out, too. Um, I saw that you were um, on on um, video trying out um, Oreo cookies. <laughs> Somebody asked me to ask you, what is your favorite one? You know what? Honestly, I'm not even a big Oreo fan. I, I'm really not. Um, I started doing this Oreo thing as a gag, and now people just go freaking nuts for it. Like, so many people, as soon as Oreo puts out a press release about something, I'm getting instant messages, I'm getting tagged. People, like, I, I go to, like, friends or family for a party or something, and they want to talk Oreos with me. And I'm just like, really? Like, are you, are you freaking kidding me? And like, all people, it's amazing the Oreo culture that's going on in this world today. It's like, um, this, this wasn't serious. 
but uh, I, I, you know what? This uh, that most stuff, the one that came out with the, the all the cream. Yeah, I, I, that's the ultimate Oreo cookie. It really is because mm-hmm. those are pretty awesome. Well, you taste this cream. It's it's great. You taste all the cream and probably any chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> really? Wow. So I had to watch why I eat. I'm allergic to peanuts, so the peanut butter ones are out of my um world right there. Yeah, you know? but um. Okay, so I, I think we should just send you some chip to Hooligans and you can do an episode there. <laughs> and go, what the hell happened? Or I, would, I might have bought chips to Hooligans I know I used to bring cookie crisp right away because people started bringing me cookie crisp boxes. Oh, really? Um, okay, you've been different characters. What, what were all your theme music over the years? As a Hell Rider, it was the band Spread Eagle, and the song was called Switchblade Serenade. Okay. Uh, as a Dudley, it's ACDC Highway to Hell. Okay. And for a little while there, um, right after the whole thing with Taz and everything, I was I started working as I was calling myself the Hot Shot Bay Ragney, and yes. then you know formerly known as Chubby Dudley. And I used to use um, Rob Zombie's, uh, what's the Howard Stern theme song, The American Nightmare. Okay. Nice. Good choice. Okay. Yeah, I think a lot of people around that time were using uh, Rob Zombie themes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I I think that was another factor in in why I love the Dudley so much, because ACDC is my favorite rock band of all time. And then the first time I heard their music, it was Highway to Hell. I like, I like lost my freaking mind. I was, like, I was singing and everything. I'm dead, I'm dead banging. Because I was a teenager, you know what I mean? I was like, this is fucking awesome. I love ACDC. Yeah, this is my new favorite faction. <laughs> it's awesome. To, to this day, uh, every time I hear that song, I instantly just think about the ECW arena and walking the aisle of the ECW arena. Always, always. Mm-hmm. I get chills. I always do. So, um, are you doing commentary for um, Liberty All Stars? I am. So, uh, like I said, they they restarted, um, and Frank Namoli asked me to come back as commentator, and I actually I declined for like two months. I kept turning them down, and he kept begging me and begging me, asking me to do it, and then he got the other guy to be like the play by play guy, and um, then. He started teaming me, like, come on, come on, do it, let me do it with me. And I was like, you know what, screw it, I'll do it. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, so I'm back doing commentating, which is perfect for me. Like, I can show up, I can hang out with the boys, I can, you know, see some old friends in the crowd and do my play-by-play and then still go out to the bar afterwards with everybody and have a good meal and some cold beers and bullshit and, you know, go home at the end of the night, my body doesn't hurt. So, it works for me. Okay, I, I I looked up. The next one is March twenty third. It's called Fight to the Future. Yep, Briarcliff uh, Firehouse in uh, Glen Olden. Okay, Briarcliff, Pennsylvania. Um, yeah, they can just check out the Liberty All Star Wrestling Facebook page for more info and links to tickets. There's uh, another show in April, and then in I think I think it's in May we'll be going back to the firehouse in. Uh, Briarcliff again. He hasn't announced the date for that yet, but he's got those three shows booked um, so far, and he's got like 
three or four of the shows booked for the uh, rest of the year as well. So, yeah, it'll be a fun, uh, fun time of Liberty All-Star Wrestle. Yeah, um, I, I would like to ask you one question just to finish everything up. Um, we have a mutual friend, Dave Keener, and he, um, we asked him one time, um, well, well, give us a road story. Do you have a road story for us? One that doesn't involve Gangrel falling asleep in the back of the car. <laughs> how, how about the Iron Sheik? Oh, yes. Oh, please do. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so uh, when I was doing a lot of work with uh, Dennis Carluzzo in NWA New Jersey after the ECW run, um, there was uh, his his uh, his partner in crime was uh, another late person, uh, Gino Moore, that Gino, and um, Gino had a van, and a lot of the uh, a lot of the boys would end up getting in the van, and Gino would be the driver, and in the back of the van was you know five, six, seven, eight of us squeezed in the back and cases of beer and we're drinking and driving to wherever the hell we were going. And there was one one time it was uh, Gino driving, Dennis in the front, and it was me, Harvey Lewis, Eric Domino, and the Iron Sheik. It might have been maybe Dennis's son, Mark, was there too. There might have been one other person too. I can't remember. Okay. Kathy Fitzpatrick, I don't know. I don't remember. But so those were the main players. And we were sitting there in the back, and we're fucking pounding beers. And she is just sitting there. And you would look over them, and we're, like, telling goofy jokes and stories. And we're watching wrestling on the, on the TV in the back. And you would look over, and she can get some expression. He would just look at you with a shitty and grin and smile and shake his head. Another beer, please? And we were like, yeah, sure. You give him another beer. And that's all he would say. And then finally, he's like, I got to pee. <laughs> he's like, I got to pee. We got to stop. We're like in the middle of the Jersey, like, turnpike or something. I don't remember where it was. So Gino pulled over, and on the side of the road was me, Harley, Domino, the Iron Sheik, and Dennis Carluzzo. All pissing in a line on the side of the Jersey Turnpike, <laughs> and she she still had that shitty and grinning smile. He's just shaking his head like, "This is the bestest. <laughs> this is the best piss ever." <laughs> oh, hey, that was great, man! Thank you very much. Um, do you want to promote anything to the people that are out there? Yeah. Yeah, uh, anybody can check me out on Facebook. I have my Chubby W page. Give me a like uh, or look for me, Bay Raggy. Uh, also, Totally Driven Radio, Totally Driven Entertainment. Look for us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And our website is totallydriven.tv. Awesome. That is awesome. Thank so you. how did we do? I just like to... Well, no, no. We can ask for opinions after yeah. we're done the uh, recording. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> like, I thought we are done. No, we're not done yet. Um... <laughs> Oh, thanks, man. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you. All right, so Bay Ragney and um, yeah, this, this is Evie Richards. Come on. Wow, you're all, you're all ready to go. You're like, I want to I want to stop recording. All right, thanks. <laughs>